Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents... Madam Speaker, Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? and Get your vaccine. Vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sub Podcast. A woman's problem, if you will. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell-Smith. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Um, moments before we started recording was um, a big Cuomo press conference that I have not engaged in this huge news story yet. We will talk about it tomorrow. But Brian, you caught a few minutes of it, right? Yeah, I watched it. It was, you know, they the attorney general basically finished their investigation into his sexual harassment allegations. There was 11 women, 11 complaints. There's all of this evidence of like, you know, of, of like the, their testimonies, obviously, but also all of this unlawful retaliation on the behalf of Cuomo and his administration, like trying to smear the the victims. So that's 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 new. I feel like I feel like we knew yeah. he was claiming that they were all lying and like professionally potentially having his staff undermine them. But that's brutal. That's even I was telling you, even my dad was like, do you think he'll resign? I really, I have such a hard, and I, and I have not watched the press conference, so we'll have to see. I have such a hard time seeing Cuomo ever resign. These fucking, like, him and Chris Christie and all these, like, these fucking guys, like, they're not going to step down. You're going to pull me out of the governor's mansion. We're going to pull him out of the governor's mansion. I know. I I guess I can see him hitting a point where it's like, well, clearly it has become so distracting that I have no choice but never actually taking responsibility. I'm trying to like see what the people in the New York state legislature is looking to do because it, it, if they start to like, cause you know, prominent Democrats have been coming out for him to resign since January or whatever, or yeah. whenever this whole thing started happening. Um, and now with this, like I, I think the tides may turn even more. Uh, yeah. He might resign to not be removed true if it looks like it could actually be removed oh my god well there's a subject we will be paying close attention to thank (laughs) thank you andrew (laughs) today we're going to talk a little bit more about our national government we are due for a serious congressional catch-up there has been a lot of like mania going on the past couple weeks with congress trying to get all of its work done before they go on vacation August is like a really hard month to be busy at work because I feel like everybody is checked out. Everybody's Mm -hmm. traveling. Yeah. And then you can't plan because there's always somebody gone. It's, it's a tough, I was thinking about you, Elise, because I was like, is it also hard to plan a wedding during August? Are people just sort of like, it's summertime. Well, no, because you're dealing with wedding industry people who are all like, Summer is their time. This is their time to shine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there are many other things that have made planning a wedding difficult. But that (laughs) really is it hard? Is it a frustrating (laughs) process? 
Uh, you know, it's a frustrating process and it's a pretty alarming process when you don't know if there's going to be a new mandate any day yes. that might dramatically alter <laughs> your career. Right. And our governor is obviously very focused on the pandemic, yes. of course, as always. Yes. Um, New York has new rules today mm-hmm. also with that you have to starting in mid-September, you're going to have to show a vaccine card to get into indoor restaurants and movie theaters and gyms. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. Well, at the end of today's or for tomorrow's episode at the top, I'm going to talk to the Surgeon General I get to talk to today <laughs> about the pandemic. So I'll ask him. I'm like, God, what do I ask him? That's like, I want to ask him my real questions. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't want to ask him the same boring questions, but I, I want to know what keeps him up at night. I want to know what yeah. gets him up. Like, oh, fuck. I want to know what's waking him up. Are you prepared to hear the answer? That's the thing. I don't know. <laughs> Amanda just logs out of the Zoom immediately. <laughs> thank, thank you for She's this, like, sir. No. I'm done. I'm done. I'm leaving the meeting. Goodbye, yeah. doctor. I just make him the host. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> if you have anything else to say, you can say it. But I'm out of here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, rough times. We've just been spending the past couple of shows just venting about the pandemic. And um. Yeah, it's shitty. It feels it feels shitty. It feels pretty hopeless as a vaccinated person to feel. We're, we'll talk about, um, we'll indulge our COVID rage with our story today where we talk about um, how Joe Manchin's houseboat was a yeah. possible super spreader <laughs> event. We can talk about that. But first we will talk about like the actual governing that is supposed to be done. So as I said, August is, it's generally a slow month, but they have a lot to do. Not only is this week infrastructure week, but it's also voting rights and maybe try to still present mass prevent mass homelessness week, lots of things to maybe get done if we can, NBD. So these lawmakers, I don't know how many times I'm going to read an article that they have vacations planned as if this is something that I need to consider when I'm deciding how to analyze their performance, but apparently they got some tricks planned. Set in stone. Like it's always, I feel like every time we talk about anything, it's like, and the thing is, they go on vacation in two weeks. And I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> they're always going on vacation in two weeks. <laughs> they are literally at any point they're going on vacation in two weeks. I don't and understand. And it's not like that they have the profession where they have people who can cover for them. Like, no, like, exactly. it's like, don't maybe don't take so many vacations, like because you don't have anyone covering your shift. Like, I don't know. Yeah, we pay we them should. a lot of money. We should have. Like when you vote for someone, there should always also be someone who covers their shift. Yeah. Comes there should them. be a deputy senator for every single <laughs> yeah. senator, at least. Yeah. And I mean, God forbid the week before there is a potential super spreader event. So yes, they're going on vacation. Apparently, Kristen Cinema is very eager to get on her vacation. She apparently had to delay it a week to do extra work. And she is telling Chuck Schumer that she is going on her long planned vacation. The only good thing, this isn't good, but like Kristen Cinema, um, she she definitely injured her foot. So when she is getting like swarmed by reporters, she can't get away that fast. <laughs> and it's just sort of like if anybody deserves to just sort of have to like amble along getting questions hurled at them, why they are choosing to be the lone Democrat who like might not help us get shit done because she has vacation is kind mm. of special. Yeah, that is like a, an appropriate karmic response. Like she's yes. not harmed her. She just hurt her foot. And now she has to listen to people yell at her. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So Nancy Pelosi is basically like, we're gone. The House left and they have taken this line, which is kind of unusual when the Senate is still in intense negotiations, which is like, you do, you tell us when you're done and we will 
and what you need from us to go back on some of this legislation. But we're done. So all eyes are on the Senate. The stakes were really high last week. And over the weekend, a number of progressive House members urged the House leaders to call them back to extend the eviction moratorium, which expired on Sunday, a very late Saturday night. But the House adjourned without successfully extending that. And we saw a lot of activity over the weekend, especially as Representative Cory Bush um, spent the night outside the Capitol steps, a formerly unhoused person who was able to like just share how devastating that that is. And at its height, I mean, so for some context here, at its height, this moratorium may have saved as many as 40 million Americans from the eviction. What happened is in late June, the Supreme Court said that federal agencies don't have this kind of power to do this so that the moratorium can't last longer than July. And the administration did not extend the eviction moratorium, I guess, in their view, they were like, the Supreme Court says that we can't do it. And so I guess last week, the White House signaled to the House of Representatives that they would need to extend it. But it was too late. Nancy Pelosi couldn't really whip the votes. I mean, we know it's so hard to get anything done. We've barely gotten the Senate to pass anything. I don't know how we would have gotten them to pass an eviction moratorium, but Cori Bush correctly said it is our job to try. And she yeah. kept the pressure on. As I said, there was quite a blame game. This is just worth talking about because it's been kind of rare so far in this administration. They're usually pretty good on messaging and everybody, um, there's not a lot of blaming each other, but sort of Congress is blaming the White House and the White House. The White House actually didn't sort of, they never blame Congress, but they're like, we welcome Congress to act. If it comes to our desk, we'll sign it. So everybody's sort of blaming each other why this didn't happen in time. The White House, again, says there was nothing we could do. The Supreme Court was just going to come back. Another issue is that the rental assistance that's already been passed is just not getting to people it should. Only about $3 billion of the first $25 billion had been distributed in June by states and localities. But as a solution, the White House right now is urging states and cities to act. And this is also something that just can function Really locally, I think that courts can decide what you know cases to take and what what not. Some some courts have reopened their eviction courts and they're loving it, and some are um, really sort of using the agency they have to prolong this mass eviction crisis we're potentially looking at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you I already started to sort of see those problems happening in New York too with the hotels. They they were housing a lot of homeless people in the hotels and and in in, in and around like all of Manhattan and Times Square even because the government was paying the hotels to be housing these people. Mm-hmm. And then now it was like moving them back into shelters and the, the, the hotels are all getting like refurbished mm-hmm. and then trying to get new clients in and the government's paying for all that. And now it's the second wave. It's just, you know, we need to figure out, we need to figure out a better solution for like long-term housing for people just in general. And totally. it's, Because it's totally doable. It's totally doable. Yeah. And this entire issue just really feels to me like Democrats bungled the, I was going to say bungled the ball. I don't know that that's a (laughs) (laughs) It's bungled the ball. You can. You can can bungle it. You can can bungle the ball, but you can certainly bungle it as well. That's definitely worse. And and ultimately, I think that they've done both here. because (laughs) 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 Because, okay, the Supreme Court ruling regarding the CDC happened in June, I believe. We've known for two months that this eviction moratorium was going to expire. So for the Biden administration to tell the House a week before it's going to expire that they're not going to do it and for the House to not even have to to not ask at all, like for no one to have had this on their radar, except apparently Cori Bush, 
mm-hmm. is it feels really like um I don't know, like they missed not not even just a missed opportunity, but like a lapse in their responsibility. Like people are going to get evicted because of this through no fault of their own. People's jobs aren't back yet. And they Um, certainly haven't. If their job is back, they certainly aren't at a place where they have saved up the back rent that they exactly. Maybe people are just getting back on their feet, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's pulling the rug out from under them the moment they're maybe able to pay rent again. Yeah. I have a friend who uh, he says over and over again that he's not a Republican. He really doesn't want to identify as a Republican. But the things he says sometimes are like, oh, boy. So he's a nice person. But what he said, he was was like, you know, uh, places are having a really hard time getting people back in jobs because of, like I said, unemployment. I don't understand why people can't just go back to work and then start paying their rent again. And well, for a number of reasons, for a number of reasons that I did clarify, but also we're talking for some people, 15 months of rent that, yeah. are, mm-hmm. that they can be sued for, I believe in some places. Yeah, like, like This it- is not just like, oh, okay, fun is over. I'll just go and get a job that pays me $7 an hour and pay, you know, $15,000 that I might owe on my one bedroom if I haven't been able to pay rent. It's not like, like the issue is that we have no affordable housing in this country and not enough federal housing. And yeah. Yeah, it seems like it. Uh, they, it was interesting to to watch this fall through the cracks as all of us sort of like, there was no immediate solution and nobody had a good PR reaction for why, and so it just completely, mm-hmm. except for Corey Bush apparently. So it just, uh, it just completely fell out. But as we said, they are urging localities and states to monitor this. But it is another. There's just no reason we should have this many people at risk of homelessness with one simple moratorium expiring. That's like a much yeah. more chronic issue. And especially since like this has been, I mean, maybe as a New Yorker in a state where people rent like a high level of renting state, Mm -hmm. the potential for a massive housing crisis has been on people's minds since the beginning of the pandemic. So for it to just like, like you said, fall through the cracks is really unacceptable in my mind. Like you can't let the housing of 40 million people fall through the cracks. Yeah. Especially because this has been something that people have been able to rely on pretty consistently from the government, even when it couldn't get it shit together with checks. It's like, at least I have that. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll be watching that closely and keeping an eye on that, of course. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying, he loves airplanes, he loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. 
Something that is a little bit more likely to make some progress this week is the bipartisan infrastructure bill. So this would be hundreds of billions of dollars for roads, bridges, passenger railways, really just historic investment, though a lot of it just handles the backlog is my impression. Like there's just such a backlog on repairs. A lot of this stuff is kind of boring. It's roads and bridges. I mean, I know some people get excited, but I was reading through some, I didn't read all 2,700 pages, but I was reading through some things this morning. And these were the things that I thought were notable. So the deal offers $15 billion for removing lead from the nation's drinking water system, particularly in low-income areas. Although, unfortunately, to remove all the lead pipes in the country would take about $60 billion. So I don't know where we, the Biden administration asked for 45. We ended up with 15, $15 billion, obviously a lot of money and they'll protect a lot of kids. But I personally did not know that the scale of the problem was, I didn't know it was a $60 billion yeah, problem. We yeah. got to get to zero on lead pipes. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think as soon as possible, if we can. So. Yeah. It should be number one. Like people should have a place to live and that place should not have lead pipes. Have lead pipes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One, one, one and two. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> There is also huge investment in broadband. This is obviously really important for providing faster service for more people in more areas, especially kids who use the internet for school, which was very present during the pandemic. But kids for years have been using the internet for school, not even just when they're virtual learning all day. Mm-hmm. But also something I learned is that um, this broadband is also important for basically agriculture. Like some of it is going to the Department of Agriculture because rural farmers, if they don't have good access to broadband, they can't employ some of these like really cool techie farming techniques. So the idea is that being able to give them greater access to that will basically create a big bountiful country. A bountiful harvest. For all, yeah. For all of us. Exciting. <laughs> I'm excited yeah. for the farmers. I'm excited, I'm excited for, for the farmers. farmers. I hope that I can, I might be able to like actually FaceTime my parents. They live in a weird part of oh. North Carolina where they can't. So cool, I cool, thought- uh, <laughs> high, high tech farming. And I can FaceTime I my like- dad. I didn't know your parents were farmers. farmers. I know. I was, I was saying it too. I was like, wow, wow. Amanda's parents are rural <laughs> farmers. farmers. <laughs> so no, I just had to make it about. This. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be that would be quite a bit. That would be interesting. There's also some last minute additions for cybersecurity, thankfully, which will help federal, state, and local governments protect their systems. Pretty key, especially as I'm hearing a lot more vulnerable. Um, Companies and and even just like electric grids, um, what I can't remember. Yeah, the thing that happened well, with they pipes a couple months ago. Yeah, that line. was messed up. That was terrifying. Oh, we yeah. can't have that. This I, that's probably why this was a late addition. They were like, we can't oh. have that again. So the bill also would basically require anybody. I'm not sure if it's everybody, but it certainly has tighter requirements on people working with the government on big infrastructure projects to make their shit, make sure their shit is like completely secured. So this bill is it's cool because it's it's fixing a lot of problems. It's not like, it's like going to the growth. It's like running errands and picking up all the things you need. It's not Uh really a birthday list of like fun stuff that we've always wanted, which is, which is why Republicans are wrong when they call this a democratic wish list. The democratic wish list is the other thing. This is literally. (laughs) (laughs) You guys couldn't even begin to handle the Democrats. It's yeah, just so, good to because you know during the Trump administration every week was infrastructure week mm-hmm. and nothing you know happened. and nothing oh happened. So it's finally here. It's it seems like it could be infrastructure week anytime any of these weeks soon maybe this week I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I like that it's called the Biff. Just makes me feel the like Biff? it's my best friend forever. The bipartisan infrastructure. Uh, <laughs> the Biff. 
Yeah. Biffs for life. Biffs for mm-hmm. life. Yeah. These are definitely some of the biggest. And yeah, it's, it's your normal. It's a lot of money for trains. It's a lot of money for highways. It was a little more money for highways than some climate people wanted because the idea is like, let's stop using these like toxic little vehicles that, that throw shit into the air. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, I, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast or not, but the train system in the United States sucks ass. Like if you, when you try, if you ever able, lucky, like, like I took a, tra- a train from Madrid to Alicante in Spain. And it's like, it was like a two hour high, high speed train that would have yeah. taken like eight hours here. Like, like it's totally. six hours here. And it's like, wait, everyone else can just do this. What? Mm-hmm. Right. There know. were, that's why a lot of transportation advocates were a little bit bummed out by the expansion of highways. And yes, there's more like charging stations for electric cars, but there are definitely people who think like the idea of just creating more, more runway for cars to, to drive on is mm-hmm. not how we're going to solve the climate crisis. But I mean, people also need, need ways to get to work, lots of things to, um, to balance that there. But the way we're paying for this is mainly with repurposed coronavirus relief funds and strengthen tax enforcement on cryptocurrencies. Don't fall asleep. <laughs> so what that would mean is that basically <laughs> up until now, trading platforms for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, they weren't reporting some of their transactions to the IRS, closing what it, so that was a major loophole. They are thinking that they can probably get like $28 billion from all of that. So this whole bill seems to me, it's like closing the loopholes to pick up the essentials this is stuff that we have desperately needed for a very long time. Yeah. I do wish we'd used all the coronavirus relief money. I don't Fair. know why we had extra. I feel like that was something where it's like, let's max out the budget. I know stuff. as we're reading mm-hmm. that, it's like the money didn't get to the renters. There's extra money here. What yeah. happened to and the money? Like, Can we send everybody $2,000? I'm like, it seems like you have a lot of <laughs> extra money. Yeah. So ultimately I'm happy where the money is going. And I'm glad that they, because I don't think they would have even been able to pass this if they had had to like raise taxes, quote unquote, or whatever. So yes. I'm glad there was extra coronavirus relief money, but I question why there was extra coronavirus relief Precisely. money when we really could have just been using all of the coronavirus. Right. Relief. I mean, I'm at the point where anytime Republicans are okay with something, even if it's a small group of them, I'm like, well, okay, what's, what's, what's the catch? So what's <laughs> next year? Yeah. How fast is this going to go? This week, senators, they're going to propose amendments. Mitch McConnell is probably going to do a bunch to like jam up the process. But so far, it's looking like they're not going too ham on that, because as John Thune told Republicans, he said, if you're a Republican, you want to prove that you're not just here to completely block and stop the entire agenda. If you find areas that are good for the country, Republican Senator John Thune. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because Mitch, because, you know, Mitch McConnell at the beginning said, the opposite. But, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, I feel like the reason this will probably work is because we're not talking about something like the HR one, which Democrats did by themselves and are hoping like this has been a bipartisan group who probably wouldn't have put something on the table that they didn't think their caucus would agree to. We already had this issue last week. So looking like some big things will pass. So expect to see the administration like really, really hype that up as a huge accomplishment. Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same, with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. 
Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Potentially complicating this tight schedule, though. Is Senator <laughs> Lindsey Graham's COVID diagnosis? Oh man, mm. thoughts and prayers. The senator from South Carolina said he tested positive and is experiencing mild symptoms, noting that he was grateful to be vaccinated. But he did so in like the most lukewarm words ever. He was like, "I'm feeling bad. I would feel worse if I was not vaccinated." Like I want you to come out and say, "Thank God I am vaccinated." But anyway, yeah. breakthrough infections. I will repeat all the time, are pretty rare right now, even for the vaccinated. So one out of 100 senators testing positive is about to be expected. I feel like a lot of people Mm -hmm. will like reach out and they're like, stop saying breakthrough infections are rare. They're not rare. Like I know two people, but it's like, yeah, but out of how many people, you know, we all actually know hundreds and thousands of people personally. Like you don't (laughs) think about not hundreds of thousands, hundreds, two thousand. Amanda's got so many friends. (laughs) All my farmer friends. Yeah. (laughs) lives on a giant farm but like also it's like you know six degrees of kevin bacon all the time it's like you know because then it's like it's like we were talking we were talking about this in um fire island someone was being like oh i heard that there was these like two guys who had breakthrough infections and it's like yeah it's a small community i'm sure everyone is probably talking about like the same like two to five exactly right right completely right yeah So Graham was in close contact with his colleagues socially over the weekend because once again, our favorite political fixer in DC is involved. Joe Manstrin's houseboat, which I learned today is called almost heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So according to reporting, so like he lives, he lives on in it. it. He lives on it. That's his DC residence. That's his DC no. residence. He lives on a boat. Yes. It looks what? like yes, um, a little yacht, but it is not a yacht. He is always quick to correct people when they say it's a yacht. It's a house. Wow. Boat. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, good for him i guess but like i always think about like li- the life on a houseboat just must be so unpredictable because you never know when some sort of tide or something's gonna like scooch you over and you like you yeah. you know you pee on your loafers <laughs> well he actually right now um he like obviously reporters have been talking to him a lot he he has like a bandage on his head because he hit his head fixing his boat boats are perilous they are treacherous so he apparently likes to entertain on this house, but it's the hottest spot in town. We've always heard of him specifically liking to entertain moderates there, which true to form, he did. Um, so Manchin hasn't commented on who else was there. Well, Lindsey Graham is not a moderate, so I don't know what he was doing there, but it was at least Lindsey Senator. Lindsey Graham plays his, he, he plays that game. Like he's not a moderate, but he likes to pretend like he's friends with everybody and that he might vote for things. And we, oh he used to do that more. He set that aside mm-hmm. under Trump, but now I think maybe he's trying to get back into the. I feel like I'm he like, does nothing. Who knows what I'm gonna do? <laughs> <The> game. <laughs> like, 
Oh, yes, completely. He's trying to like get into the Susan Collins, uh, Lisa Murkowski. Yeah, because he's he just wants to do things that are going to get him in the news and all of that stuff. So like under Trump, he had to be Trumpy. But now who's getting all the attention? Joe Manchin, Kirsten Cinema, these like on the fence people. So I think he's maybe trying to rebrand yet again. Yeah, he probably wasn't even invited to this originally, but was like, can I, anyone, you think I can come? Anyone score me an invite? Just hanging out at the marina. <laughs> just hanging out at the marina. Oh my God. Can you imagine just walking by that display? So Senator Mark Kelly was there. I think I heard seven in total. Um, Jackie Rosen and Catherine Cortez Matro of Nevada and Republicans, John Thune, and of course, Lindsey Graham, in addition to Chris Coons. Um I mean, Lindsey Graham is going to self-isolate. I think right now the Senate is still requiring in-person votes. He was, I think, a a leaning yes vote. So another complicating factor for what's going to be like an intense week. I'm sure Chuck Schumer is a, I mean, I was saying to Elise, like, this story makes me mad, even though I have also socialized in close quarters outdoors with people. So it's like, I'm not mad about that. I'm just mad that Joe Manchin was hanging out with Lindsey Graham at all. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like... The the socialization or hanging out on Joe Manchin's houseboat is fine. Sounds great. There's, yeah. There's something about like the group of this, like, I don't know, the group of them. It just makes me feel like I'm like, oh, it feels oh. swarmy and political. Also, and, I will say, mm-hmm. I know people that have important. Swampy. That, yeah. That know if they Very have something swampy. important to do, they are a little bit more careful recently because they just know that they have a big meeting at work or they have a trip coming up. I don't know. Maybe if you have to vote on half a trillion dollars to get lead out of the pipes, you could like just have, have dinner for one on Saturday. Maybe mm-hmm. lots to ask apparently though. I know yeah. the pandemic's been tough. Yeah. I would say I would, I would like to attend a party on a houseboat though. I know, but this one, uh, to be honest, like looking at this list, snooze fest. Total snooze party looks boring. Yeah. Boring. Very boring. I mean, honestly, I mean, Lindsey Graham was probably, maybe Lindsey Graham is like the entertainment. That's the thing. I think literally looking at this list, Lindsey Graham is the most fun person there. He's the (laughs) only person (laughs) who... It really subverts the whole um, you need to be friends with Republicans to go on boats thing. You just I mean, I guess it doesn't because Joe <laughs> Manchin is or or what it proves is that Joe Manchin is, in fact, a member of the GOP. Very, mm-hmm. That's actually true. Is so. like our houseboats exclusive to Republicans or is Joe Manchin a Republican? Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. <laughs> Now it is time for our buzzworthy news segment brought to you by Dame. Putting the buzz in all the right places. Their toys for sex are making the world a happier place, one vulva at a time. Today's buzzworthy news headline is just incredible. I love this. Dolly Parton has revealed that she used some of the royalties she earned from Whitney Houston's cover of her song, I Will Always Love You, to invest in Black communities. So did you guys know that this was a Dolly Parton song? I, I knew this because, yeah, I my friend Katie Ruth is a diehard Dolly gal. So she's yes. given me all my Dolly knowledge. Of course. And did you know, this was also shocking. She wrote, I will always love you on the same day she wrote Jolene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Such a as a homo as a homosexual, I did, I did know, know that. All I know. Of this. I feel like this yeah. was a microaggression to ask. <laughs> yeah, and this is actually inherited knowledge that's kind yeah. of passed down. I it, yeah, it's I don't even remember learning it. I just always knew. Whenever I knew we it. do Friends betches, knowing this. Yeah, whenever we do betches trivia, I I mean 
maybe this is a generalization, but it's a good one. Gay men have the most encyclopedic knowledge of pop culture and the history of pop culture of anyone. Like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. They know everything. So whenever we do batches trivia, I'm always looking for Brian, Chris, and Dylan. Like, what do you guys? Dylan, it's Dylan really has. Yeah. Dylan knows. Yeah. He knows a lot about everything. And I don't think that's, I actually, yeah, he he works. He's a very curious uh, person who reads a lot. It's probably not just because he's gay. (laughs) Not to plug another podcast, but there's a podcast all about Dolly Parton's life. It's like, it's like like a season. It is is um, so good. That he did. I don't remember. It is. Yeah. Um, but it's really, really good. I listened to all of it in like a day. So incredible. So she said she invested the royalties into again an office complex and a majority black community in Nashville because she made that money from royalties from Houston's performance. So she felt like that was the best thing to do. Obviously, iconic philanthropist. And um, nice to see that she's so targeted in how she is giving back. So that was our buzz for the news brought to you by Dame. To feel the buzz, you can try Dame yourself by visiting dameproducts.com slash sup. You can learn more and take the quiz to find out which vibe or product is a perfect fit. But honestly, when you go to the website, they're all just like, they're really cute. They're so attractive. I really dare you to try to buy just one, but you know what? With our code, you can go ham. All of new customers that go there with SUP get 15% off their first order on dameproducts.com slash SUP. Your whole first order. So if you're going to order more than one, which I promise you, you will just get it while you have the code. That is D-A-M-E-P-R-O-D-U-C-T-S.com slash SUP. That was our Buzzworthy News segment. Until the end of democracy, I am Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And Brian Russell Smith. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.